Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Alter Your Health podcast. This is your source of information and inspiration to promote the holistic transformation of your health and the health of our planet. And I'm your host, Dr. Benjamin Alter. I'm your co-host, Dr. Susanna Alter. And we're both naturopathic doctors who support individuals in reversing disease and reclaiming optimal health through whole food plant-based nutrition and mind-body medicine. So today we are continuing our conversation about macronutrients, understanding the fuel that fuels your body, mind, and soul. And uh, last week we talked about carbohydrates. So if you want a, a, a good dose of science and understanding about the fuel for your 10 trillion cells that make up your amazing human body, go back and listen to episode number 201. Today we're talking about protein, which is another macronutrient, as you probably know. And this one is just like carbohydrates, equally misunderstood for various reasons. Um, so in this, in this conversation, in this episode, we're going to talk about what the heck protein is, uh, where it comes from, uh, the different types of proteins, i.e. plant protein versus animal protein. We're going to talk about uh, the protein requirements for your body, and we're going to talk about what happens when we don't get enough protein and when we get too much protein. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. So just to start it off, Protein. What the heck is it? Uh, Susanna, would you like to explain to us uh, what protein is and, and where it comes from? And, and uh, yeah. No, I'm going to let you oh. explain this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, protein is, uh, well, thanks then. Yes. I'll, t- I'll take it. And I'll, <laughs> you can fill in my gaps because I'm sure I might, you know, create some gaps. Okay. But protein is uh, made up of 20 different amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks that create proteins in our body and in the world. And protein really is kind of the the structural elements of everything almost in in the world, specifically in our human physical form body for sure. Uh, So these 20 different amino acids 
are like uh, letters of the alphabet, so to speak, that spell out the the words that make up the various proteins that make up our flesh and blood and and bones and structural elements of our bodies and of the cells that make up our organs and systems and whatnot. Um, in terms of where these amino acids come from, you know, that's really an important thing that we need to understand. They obviously come from our food and uh, taking a step back like we did in our, in our carbohydrate episode, we need to understand that all macronutrients essentially come from plants. That all macronutrients, carbohydrates and proteins and fatty acids, which we'll talk about another time, all come from plants. And then, you know, animals like human beings or any other animals can eat these plants and, um, and create, you know, more potent concentrations of various macronutrients. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we can eat the plants or eat the animals to get uh, protein or fat. Uh, but when it comes to carbohydrates, like we talked about last week, carbohydrates are really only found in plants. Um, but proteins, yeah, they, they come from plants. Amino acids specifically, they come from plants. But then animals can concentrate uh, these amino acids in their flesh, just like human beings can. Um, but really, where the amino acids come from is they come from nitrogen-fixing bacteria that are in the soil. And that's, that's really where the magic happens, you guys, because amino acids are nitrogen-based compounds. Nitrogen is, of course, an element in the periodic table, and it, you know, symbolized by the letter N. And uh, these ni nitrogen-based compounds that are amino acids are created by nitrogen-fixing bacteria that essentially, you know, find their way into the structural components of plants and in the roots of the plants and, and you know, into the, the structure of the plants itself. And then we can eat the plant to get these nitrogen-based compounds known as amino acids, and we can incorporate them into our bodies. Um, so that's really where amino acids and proteins come from. And we need to talk about, real briefly, the difference between essential amino acids and non-essential amino acids. Because out of the 20 amino acids that spell out all the words that make up the proteins in your body, uh, nine of these amino acids are essential, meaning that they come from food. They come from plants. Uh, 11 of the uh, amino acids are non-essential meaning that your body has the capacity to create these amino acids from different sort of raw materials. Uh, and also, the essential amino acids and the non-essential amino acids, all 20 of them, have uh, storage pools throughout your body, primarily in your liver and in your muscles, and to some extent in various other organs. So in any point of time, even if we're starving, quote unquote, so to speak, and we're not eating food, we can grab these amino acids from the amino acid pools throughout our body to synthesize and create the proteins that are required to maintain our structure. Uh, so that's really what amino acids and proteins are. They're structural elements. And what they are not is that they are not a fuel source for your body. They don't provide your body any, any fuel to be created uh, in, in for cellular energy like we talked about 
with regard to carbohydrates, which are the primary fuel source for your body. Proteins, not really a fuel source. If you are starving, if you are literally days and days and days without any sort of fuel, you will start to break down your proteins to create uh, molecules get, that can be um, you know, transferred into glucose and then run through the cellular metabolic processes to create cellular energy. But that's literally when you're fasting for days and days and weeks and weeks on end. Uh, you use your carbohydrates and then you use your fats and protein is the last fuel source. Uh, so when it comes to powering your body, we don't need to concern ourselves with protein. Protein is a structural component of our body. And even when it comes to maintaining and building structural elements in our body, we actually have within ourselves enough protein, enough amino acids to maintain our structural elements. That being said, there of course is a recommended daily intake of protein or amino acids, and that is 0.8 grams per kilogram. Uh, so not a lot, you know, the, the standard American kind of Western diet intake of protein is definitely about twice as much as that, uh, at least. Um, and there, of course, is a huge misconception that on a plant-based diet, uh, someone needs to go out of their way to make sure that they're meeting their recommended daily intake of protein, maybe even supplement with protein bars and protein powders and, and these sort of things to really make sure we're getting enough protein. Uh, but one thing, back to the, that really important initial thing to really deeply understand is that protein is abundant in all plants along with carbohydrates and along with fats. So in order to meet your recommended daily intake of protein optimally and not far exceed it because we're going to talk about the health consequences of excess protein, but in order to meet your recommended daily of, intake of protein that at least 0.8 grams per kilogram. And usually, you know, we land and recommend landing somewhere between 0.8 and 1 gram per kilogram. In order to meet that, all you got to do is eat enough. And when we're talking about eating enough, you know, it comes down to about 2,000 calories a day. That's also the recommended daily intake of calories. And these calories are going to be nutrient-dense calories. They're going to be calories that are filled with lots of micronutrients and carbohydrates and also protein and also fat. And But we don't need to count the protein on any sort of nutrition label. In fact, we shouldn't really even be reading nutrition labels because once again, protein is just built into every single plant food. Um, so what do you want to add? Well, just that, yes, we should be reading nutrition labels to look at the ingredients, yeah. but you're saying we shouldn't be focusing on the macronutrient breakdown so much because, well, really, we should be eating foods that don't have nutrition labels on it for the most part, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was really, really thorough. I don't even know what to add to that, Ben. I mean, that was bravo, bravo. Okay, well, there's <laughs> definitely there's definitely more to add. Okay. There, there's definitely more to add. Um, you know, I want to talk about the distinction between plant protein versus animal protein because you might hear a lot of people say, oh, yeah, you can get protein from plants. Okay, yeah, okay, Dr. Ben, maybe you can get protein, 
but it's not going to be anywhere near uh, the quality of animal protein, quote-unquote. What the heck does that mean, quality protein? Well, once again, protein is nothing more than just a chain of amino acids, but there is a difference between plant protein and animal protein when we're looking at the specific amino acids. Animal proteins tend to have uh, a predominance of various amino acids like methionine and cysteine, and these are sulfur-containing amino acids that, when metabolized, when broken down, create sulfur sulfuric acid in the body, which is a strong acid, which drives the acidification in our body. And then we rely on these buffers from, you know, calcium from our bones and different minerals that are stored in different tissues in our body. We rely on these buffering systems to keep our normal balanced pH of between 7.35 and 7.45 in the body. So when we eat a lot of animal protein, when we eat a lot of methionine and cysteine and, and these amino acids, we drive this acidification process in the body, which can promote immune suppression, the growth of cancer, chronic diseases, and so forth. So that's one consequence of choosing animal-based protein over plant-based protein. And then the other really important thing is to think about what else comes with the protein. Because once again, when we're taking a bite of food, we're not just taking a bite of protein. Uh, we are also taking in all potentially other macronutrients, potentially other toxins, potentially other um, compounds that are not favorable for our system. So when we compare plant protein to animal protein in this regard, we see that plant protein is packaged with fiber and carbohydrates and our essential fatty acids and, and also vitamins and minerals and micronutrients and vitamin C and, and uh, these phytonutrients that support the metabolic process and our healing in the body. Um, so that's what comes with plant protein. But when we look at animal protein, we see that animal protein is packaged with higher amounts of saturated fat, cholesterol, and, uh, you know, these, these pro-inflammatory compounds like, um, you know, NU5GC and heterocyclic amines and polyaromatic poly hydrocarbons and these environmental toxins that accumulate in the food chain. So really in the best case scenario, if we were getting like the cleanest, the cleanest meat, the cleanest animal protein, so to speak, we would be getting a good dose of protein, those amino acids, more acid producing amino acids, know that. And we're going to be getting a good dose of saturated fat. And we're going to be getting a good dose of cholesterol. And we're going to be getting some amount of environmental toxins, which are really hard to uh, avoid if we're eating higher up on the food chain, eating, choosing animal products. Uh, but we're not getting all of those healing compounds that are found and packaged with uh, plant proteins. Um, so that's a really important thing to understand because, you know, we, we don't like to look at food in this reductionistic way of just macronutrients and bits and pieces because uh, there is that the synergy and the the um, you know entire you know there's more to it than just these individual macronutrients that make up who you are and fuel who you are uh, so choose plant protein right like it's, it's kind of a no-brainer um, 
it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, well, let's now talk about the effects of too much protein on the body. Would yeah. that be a next a good topic to talk about next? Yeah, for sure. And All right. and just to just to reiterate, like too little protein. Mm. Um, be- maybe before we go into too much, too little protein. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna feel hungry. You're gonna feel weak. You might you might do have a uh, poor wound healing. Um, you might you know. I, what other what other symptoms come um, to mind? Maybe weak nails, brittle hair. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean overall lower energy. Yeah, but yeah, and then also in in severe cases, of course, um, like severe malnutrition is usually weight um, loss. Exactly. Um, but you know these these symptoms of protein deficiency are symptoms of like you said malnutrition. Mm-hmm. Simply not eating enough. It's really hard, really hard. In fact, I would almost say it's impossible to move yourself into a protein-deficient state while eating enough calories. Once again, about 2,000 calories per day, depending, of course, on your activity level, depending on your physical size, depending on your age, depending on your health status and your healing status. Um, obviously athletes need to increase that. And, you know, you hear, I hear all the time, oh, if you're an athlete, you need to increase your protein intake. Well, really, if you're an athlete, you need to increase your, uh, your, your, uh, calorie intake, your food intake in general. You need to give yourself more fuel first and foremost, which is not protein. Remember protein is a, a building block of your structural elements. The fuel is the carbohydrates, um, so you need you need more of everything though, right? So, yes, proteins need more pro or athletes need more protein. They also need more carbohydrates, more fatty acids, more vitamins, more minerals, more everything. Athletes eat more food, um, so that's a really important thing. But yeah, shifting into excess consumption of protein, which is it's so ironic, you guys, because you walk down any food aisle of packaged foods or sports bars or or anything like that. And there will be large on the front label, 23 grams of protein per serving, 53 grams of protein, this like bar. And you guys, we shouldn't be eating these high doses of protein. We don't need it. We don't. You've got these amino acid stores in your body. All you require is about 0.8 grams per kilogram in your body. And more than that, in extreme, in, in extreme cases, if you're not an athlete and stuff, it's going to drive aging and chronic disease. And really the primary way that this happens is by clogging up the filtration process that your kidneys are un- undergoing all around the clock. Your kidneys are a primary detoxification organ in your body and excess protein puts a strain on your kidneys it does man i feel like i can just lay back here and let you do the whole lesson (laughs) i'm the protein man. (laughs) yeah you're the protein man but yeah yeah kidney disease i mean we we see when people develop chronic kidney disease the diet that's recommended for them by conventional doctors is a low protein diet hopefully take hopefully to take the stress off of the kidneys. You know, I had a patient who had chronic kidney disease, also had a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer, and his doctor was recommending that he was supplementing with protein powder 
to somehow keep weight on his body, to somehow give him more nutrition. And mind you, this was a naturopathic doctor who was recommending the, the protein powder for this patient with, you know, kidney failure and cancer. Uh, I don't know what the heck he was thinking about because protein, once again, doesn't pr uh, help in the creation of cellular energy needed to heal. It, it just puts a strain on the kidneys. And uh, so, I, yeah. Anyways, you mentioned that this is like kind of a conventional understanding, but still, but still, there are many cases where a lot of doctors, I guess, just aren't thinking. They're just forgetting kind of basic biochemical kind of concepts. Um, so hopefully with this information, you are empowered to maybe help educate your doctor who might recommend uh, more protein for this or that and might question whether those recommendations are valid and based in science and, and anything real. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, but yeah, excess protein strains the kidneys straight out. Strains the kidneys. And then also, like you mentioned before, Dr. Ben, is that when we eat, when people, you know, the majority of people in the United States are getting too much protein from eating an excess amount of animal products. And when we're getting protein from those animal products, we're also bringing in a high amount of fat, uh, which will strain yeah. the liver. And really, we're going to talk about that more in next week's episode. Right. But, you know, when, yeah, it's like you can't really separate the protein and the fat from when the animal products. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, when you get your steak, it's like, okay, yeah, you can see the fat, you know, the marbleization of that steak. But, you know, yeah, and there are leaner cuts of uh, even your lean meat, even your turkey and your your white your ch white meat, your chicken breast, whatever that, whatever it might be. It's high-fat food. It's high-fat food. And once again, it's not the fuel that your body prefers. The other thing that I wanted to touch upon on the topic of longevity real quick, because there's really a lot of fascinating research on the topic of extending health span and lifespan. And, uh, you know, prior podcast guests, Ray Cronice and Juliana Hever wrote the book Health Span Solution, and they highlight some of the newer research done on amino acid restriction, protein restriction, not into the point of developing any sort of long-standing deficiencies, but being mindful of moderating our amino acid intake because that is actually the number one only scientifically proven way to extend health span is to restrict specifically um, essential amino acids because there are various amino acids that drive this mTOR enzyme, enzyme in our body and mTOR and the mTOR enzyme is specifically associated with uh, cancer activation of cancer tumor cells and also uh, just aging in general. Uh, so if we restrict amino acid intake, essential amino acid intake, uh, then we dry, then we slow down this mTOR pathway that slows down cancer production in our body, slows down aging, and promotes an increased health span. Uh, so once again, kind of the, the take-home message, you guys, when you are in the center aisles of the grocery store and you do see this has this amount of protein, that should be a red flag to not eat that, 
right? We want to choose the low protein foods. We want to choose carbohydrate rich foods. But re remember, the other huge takeaway is that all plant foods contain all macronutrients, carbohydrates, protein, fat, fiber, vitamins, minerals, micronutrients, all in perfect synergy that supports your optimal metabolism and healing. Yeah. Yeah. So on a real practical level for plant-based eaters out yeah. there, we do not suggest or recommend taking any kind of protein supplements, any protein powder. What we really recommend is just eating a wide variety uh, a wide variety is variety. <laughs> a, a, a wide array <laughs> and a lot of variety of different plant foods and enough of them because yeah it is those plant foods yeah. that contains the protein so when you have someone approach you and say oh you're plant-based or you're vegan where do you get your protein you just tell them i get them from eating all the different plant foods, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, nuts, and seeds. The same place where the animals get their protein, where the cows get their pro protein, where the monkeys get their protein, the gorillas get their protein. We all get it from the same place, from plants, primarily through those amazing nitrogen-fixing bacteria in the soil that provide us our amino acids, the building blocks to who we are. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, that's that, you guys. It's a. It's not that. You know, it's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery or anything like that. It's just eating plants, enough of them, wide variety, and uh, you know, we didn't even talk about. Oh, but this, you know, plant has a lot of good protein. Yeah, yeah. Don't even yeah, worry about that. Yeah, we don't even we don't even say. Oh, you need to make sure you get your tofu or lots of beans or lots of whatever it is. If you don't want beans, if you don't like beans. Beans are, are a really healthy food, you guys. The all every blue zone around the, the planet eats a lot of beans. Don't get me wrong. But if you don't like beans, you don't tolerate beans well, you don't need to eat beans to have a complete balanced protein in your body or anything like that. That's a fallacy as well. The the uh, complete protein um, myth. Because unless all you're eating is carrots and celery sticks. Um, you, you're going to, over the course of a week or a few days or, or whatever it might be, you're going to be acquiring all of these amino acids that get stored in your amino acid pools in your body and drawn upon, called upon to build the proteins that you need to make up your flesh and blood. Yeah. That's the it. That's the, that's the it. That's it. That's, that's the end of the that's story. That's the it. That's the it. <laughs> um, so, uh, thank you guys for, for tuning in. Thanks for, uh, taking this dive into another macronutrient. We look forward to talking about fat next week. Um, and, uh, another kind of topic that's maybe misunderstood. We'll talk about the different types of fatty acids and whatnot. Um, but, that's all folks thanks for tuning in and just a reminder if you haven't yet done so would so appreciate if you take the time to leave a comment or a rating if you're listening to this podcast uh wherever it might be and a special shout out and thanks to our our live participants in the plant-based and stress-free facebook group and if you'd like to join this group we do send an open invitation to you just find us at facebook.com groups slash alter health and we look forward to seeing you guys next time peace and love bye for now